This is a Culture Inject production. To all of our listeners, uh, this is Firefly Back in the Skies. I'm Laura. And I'm Gerard. And this week we're talking about the episode Safe. The synopsis is that Mal must choose which crew members to save when one is gravely wounded and two others are kidnapped. Simon finds an uneasy haven in a remote village, but River's uncanny perceptions jeopardize the TAM's temporary safety. Aired November 8th, 2002. So the cast and crew for this one, we have the usual players, and then we are guest starring Isabella Hoffman as Regan Tam, William Converse Roberts as Gabriel Tam, John Thaddeus as Stark, Gary Wernz as Patron, we have Zac Efron as Young Simon, Skylar Roberge as Young River, and uh, Erica Tazel as Dora Lee. Uh, this was written by Drew Z. Uh, Greenberg and directed by Michael Grossman. Just before we kind of jump into the point by point, do you have any overarching, very deep theory about this episode? <laughs> um, no overarching deep theories. Uh, I, I did want to mention, like, for, for the last episode, uh, there were a lot of ball-themed jokes. Um, and, uh, like, with the malfunctioning ball and then the, the what was it, the, the jewel-priced testicles or whatever and yeah. i i noticed uh that the biggest one of them all is that the whole episode was centered around them going to a ball and i i can't believe i didn't i didn't <laughs> think of that in the moment so uh i'm gonna throw that in this one as retrospectively can that be edited into the last episode i hope i don't know go back in time and sort that out yeah, that would be that would be nice. It, it's it really sucks like when you when you think of something great to say like three years later and you can't say it. The moment is kind of gone. Anyways, yeah, I'm I'm one like working like face to face uh, with like people a lot in my job, and everyone's always like, "Oh hi, blah blah," and often I just kind of give a you know a little laugh or a hmm kind of and then as you're walking away you think of something to say and I'm like oh I just look like an idiot <laughs> but um yeah the thoughts sometimes don't don't come when you need them yeah what do you have any overarching deep theories um no deep kind of like I mean I don't think this episode really has anything too deep going on it's really more just kind of giving us a little bit of backstory about um River and Simon yeah, we do get but, backstory for River and Simon, and we also get a little bit of uh, like a clue with Shepherd Book. Yes, the the question crops up of what's his backstory like? Mm-hmm. You know, what's what's his story? But um, Speak- we'll talk more about that later. Or we'll talk more about it right now because I was about to say, speaking of Shepherd Book, uh, I was kind of thinking about this because I'm also thinking about it for something that I'm trying to write just personally and um, it's interesting the pairing of the warrior and the preacher 
because I think every every sword, just metaphorically, every sword needs to be guided by a shamanic wisdom, or it might just like strike haphazardly and destructively, and, and not really have a purpose. And I think that is what Mal and Book's relationship was building up to. Um, I think you know, just like just like in the in the Bhagavad Gita, Arjuna, a great warrior, has Krishna to guide him spiritually on the eve of battle. And like, what's so interesting about that story is that it takes place literally on a battlefield, but it's really about the battle within. So I think Book is, and he is kind of like the final guidance that Mal needs in the movie Serenity before Mal uh, takes that mission on. He receives the, the the final words from Book, which are, you don't have to believe in God, just believe in something. And um, I was thinking, like, specifically in this episode, with the whole warrior-priest pairing that we see as a motif in so many stories, I was thinking that maybe Book himself is a microcosm of that. Because I don't know if it was confirmed, I did read Shepherd's Tale, but I think that Book is both. Like, he was a warrior, and then he became a priest. From from what I've heard, or what my, I guess, conception is, is that he was a, he was a, like a general on the side of the alliance during the war so he was a he was a high up alliance officer and that's why they admitted him so urgently when when they checked his ident card yeah because he was like an important general who might have contributed to defeating the independence in serenity valley and perhaps from the casualties of that war and the uh the destruction of it he kind of retreated into the bucolic bliss of shepherdhood um i don't know but that that's a theory that i guess won't won't be explored because the show ended and he died yeah i was gonna say that, so this episode opens with the first of the flashbacks and this ep- whole episode is kind of like intertwined with these flashbacks which i think is done really nicely a lot of it the conversation especially in this first one anyway the conversation that they're having kind of swing straight into the present day which is really nicely done um it's a very nice cut but oh yeah like with the with like can you leave your father a few moments of peace and then it cuts to river like in modern day going like no yeah 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 she's having uh quite a bad episode um but i guess like the biggest thing from the that i remember when because i didn't watch this until i was in college is that it's like, oh, that's tiny Zac Efron. <laughs> Which is like really random. But, yeah, um, I remember him from High School Musical because when I was a kid, that was like the second coming of Christ. It's like <laughs> all the girls at the lunch table were like, we're all in this together. And, you know, it was, I, it was, it was a good movie. I liked it too. I was singing with them. I was the girl at the lunch table. That was me. <laughs> I, I sang. Oh, by the way, in that opening flashback scene, uh, did you find it interesting that River kind of immediately talks about Reavers? Oh, I did find that interesting. Yeah, it's a bit of when, a... When she, yeah, when she said it, when she spoke, I was like, that's basically Reavers. Yep. And she's kind of like the skeleton key to opening that pandora's box of horrors of figuring out what happened with the reavers 
and as a child she's already kind of for foreshadowing her own role in that 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 that, that was interesting yeah also i like in the scene that it comes to in the present day um she talks about she's like simon you know you can't just take me in there and you know experiment me and put sharp things in my eyes it kind of gives us the the first kind of look at what may have really been you know happening to her because we know that she was taken in by the alliance and like experimented on or whatever by doctors and that but clearly it was a very very traumatic um experience and they did some really messed up stuff yeah it was Um, no it was no day spa no resort yeah and then obviously they've still got a uh cargo hold full of cows coming off the back of last episode and they're heading to unload said cattle uh so so in the beginning mal warns simon that river is like talking too loudly and uh that could spook the cattle potentially causing a stampede so i thought it was interesting that river kind of does end up spooking the cattle with her loud voice kind of figuratively later on when the whole village gets freaked out and tries to burn her as a witch so there's that kind of people as cattle connection uh and river is a common denominator where like mal warns simon if she keeps speaking like this she's gonna she's gonna spook the cattle they're gonna stampede and in the end we see exactly that the people kind of as cattle stampeding over her because they're scared or they're ignorant or whatever it is they don't understand and that reminded me of the reaver guy in episode three bushwhacked when he was kind of going insane and delirious he was like he was saying cattle for the slaughter that was kind of what he's he said um when he was transforming into a reaver so people as cattle is is an interesting connection and then uh when the the cattle or the cows finally uh get out of the ship and they're outside um river goes like uh the cows remembered who they are when they saw sky and i think mal really understood what she meant because that's a metaphor for uh the people that he identifies with who kind of like were uh caged in this alliance uh society or domination and then by seeing the sky they finally remembered who they are which is individual people and not just cattle i don't know maybe i'm losing the metaphor but um mal and river were kind of on the same wavelength yeah i think it's that um and i think this is the thing with mal he's like he's he's got a lot of really good values and that's what makes him a good man i think and i think this episode especially later on when he talks about um you know basically what he does in this episode is look after the people on his crew he does a lot of things that he doesn't necessarily want to do or think is the best thing to do but he does them because it's the in the best interest of the the people that are on his ship you know regardless of their backgrounds regardless of how he feels about them as individuals they're on his ship they're under his care 
and he does everything in his power to like to help them so it's um yeah and this episode is a really good uh showing of that do you do you have any like uh joke moments you want to highlight anything you found particularly funny I guess up to the point where we're at the minute, the probably the cow thing because it is he like looks over to Jane, doesn't he? He's like, "Is it weird? I just completely understood what she said." <laughs> so we have the whole scene with the people buying the cattle, and they're trying to get the good deal. And he's like, "You know, they're going to give me twenty five. It's fine," um, which they do. But then obviously the it's funny that Book is the one that picks up that there are might twitchy that thinks something's going to happen. Um, and then obviously the the police or the local sheriff team come after him, after the uh, the buyers. And unfortunately, in all of that gunfire, which is, uh, I noticed the sound effects in this. I felt like every single gun, didn't matter which gun it was, was like this little laser sound. Like, as opposed to the regular sounds that a lot of the guns have in the show. I didn't notice a little that. Bit, I was, yeah, I was a little bit kind of like, Oh, what happened? I was too distracted by the intercutting between the gunfight and River dancing and uh, me feeling incredible joy watching River dancing. Yeah, so we have that mirrored with um, the whole shop experience. So, you know, Kaylee being really excited. She's like, oh, this looks really rich. And, you know, she's obviously thinking about getting Simon a present. And then he walks in and immediately is like, this is a piece of junk. And then he goes on to basically uh, talk shit about this life that they're living. And Kaylee, you know, lets him have it, lets him know that what he's just done was downright mean. Um, But he's in a really stressful, uh, stressful situation right now. He's just left Mal thinking that they might abandon him and a river um when in fact the the opposite happens and they end up coming back and saving them at the end but yeah he's clearly like um i feel like all the pressure of like looking after his sister and being in this like new world for him is uh kind of like really gotten to him at this point and he just kind of lets it out in meanness which is not okay so i think like that moment you were talking about was also like um our first look into the central premise of the whole episode, which is uh, where is home? That's kind of the, the, the thesis. That's, that's what this whole thing is about, this episode, I think. And uh, Simon's outburst with Kaylee, where he badmouths living on Serenity, is telling us that he doesn't feel at home yet. He's still longing for the home he was separated from on Osiris with all his medical friends and his parents and richness, all that stuff. And uh, just kind of to walk through the connective tissue of this of this thema- thematic thread here, the lady in the village in the in Kidnap Town, she tells Simon that his home could be in their little kidnap village, but. What I think she's really saying to Simon subtextually is that he has to leave the past behind and allow this journey to bring him where he needs to go, and that'll be home. And I think that Simon realizes in the last backflash, where uh, he's kind of in trouble and his father comes to get him out, but then his father says, if you get in trouble again, 
I will not come for you. Now, are you ready to go home? And the key word there is home, because I think in that moment, Simon knows that's not really his home. Just the, the, the reversal of the I will not come for you. Now, are you ready to go home? And then it's interesting, given that, that River says in the kidnapped town to Simon, we won't be here long. Daddy will come and take us home. When Simon's dad explicitly said, I will not come for you. So I think that River is not, I don't think she's talking about their father. I think she's actually talking about Mal, who does come for them. I mean, that's the, that's where the evidence points. And then when Simon asks Mal in the end why he came for them, Mal says, because you're on my crew. And I think it's in that moment that Simon realizes he's at home on the Serenity. And even Book, like when he gets back on Serenity, he's like, it's good to be home. Um, so yeah, I think I think that's really like the, the theme of this episode, which is where is home, where is safe. And the meal that they have at the very end of the episode is the most homey feeling thing ever. It's like home. If home was a thing, that would be home. And it is an interesting point that the bond of found family is more binding than of blood family. And that's kind of a thing with all of these Whedonverse shows. They're all about found family and finding a home in the most unlikeliest place with the most unlikely people, tourists or uh, high school students and librarians or uh, rogue demon hunters and, uh, you know, uh, all sorts of interesting characters who just kind of come together for whatever reason and form this home together. Yeah, I like the um, the moment at the end when, when Book calls the ship home. That, like, really gets me. I'm just yeah. like, oh, it's his home. And, uh, like, just their moment with Mal as well. I love their relationship because it's like usually Mal's, you know, he wants to know everything that's going on in his ship and know everything about the people. But with Book, he has, I don't know, they have this like silent respect for each other. And then, yeah, with the with Simon, yeah, I mentioned at the beginning him saying that, you know, why'd you come back? Well, you're on my crew. And he's like, but you don't even like me. So why did you come back? And he's just like, you're on my crew. And that's his way of saying, you know, you're you're part of this family and yeah, then the, the then the mill at the end, yeah, I think is the right. I did and just that, right. I was just like, oh, a lovely family dinner. <laughs> yeah, and that Mal scene in contrast with Simon's father, where Simon's father is like, I will not come for you, and then Mal mm. does come for him, and he's like, you're on my crew. Just the casual, the casual way he says that is so much in contrast with his father just not coming is a powerful statement just mm. like on yeah this is home because we're a crew and there's a bond that crews have i guess in a in a not just in a military way like um i guess in submarines that's or on a ship like in the ocean a crew mm. is a very tight-knit group of people that is akin to a family so um going back to the river dancing scene i, I do believe that in the 
from what I remember from years and years ago watching the like special features that Summer Glau was a dancer Makes primarily sense. Bef- before mm-hmm. acting. Yeah, so um, yeah, and she looks very at home dancing. Um, it's like this moment of peace for her. At home, uh, yeah. Yeah, which all comes down and then obviously kind of gets shattered because as Book gets shot, she obviously feels that or senses that. Yeah, and her dancing is also a callback to the flashback in the very first scene where she, uh, Zac Efron is like, aren't you supposed to be uh, practicing your dancing? And she's like, I learned it already. And then you see yeah. when she walks up to those people dancing, she just analyzes their their feet and their moves mm-hmm. like a like a like a like she's calculating and then she she just figures it out and starts doing it so we're yeah. kind of getting a glimpse at what her abilities are yeah like at the beginning we see her yeah not only doing like saying she's learned all the steps but she's like looking at his books and like correcting like saying that the book is wrong like you know she's smarter than than the textbook and uh yeah i like that moment she's simon's worried about her like what's she gonna do she's just like really analyzing their steps and then she jumps like straight in smiley um kind of similar to the episode where she uh last episode when she jumps into the badger conversation she just kind of becomes like almost a different person um for a moment but yeah but unfortunately Shepard gets shot and um I can't deal with how sad it makes me seeing Kaylee cry she was like that was I found that so upsetting (laughs) and then obviously we have the big old kind of well it's not I don't think it's that big of discussion I think it's actually um quite a quick uh discussion and decision to take him to an alliance ship Hmm. well we it kind of cuts so we don't really see the full conversation but I'm assuming after Inara goes up and she's like, you know where to go. And Mal's like, no way. It kind of cuts and then off screen, they go on for at least another hour of intense <laughs> yelling and screaming. And Mal at no, least like pounds his fist at least three to four times before giving up. <laughs> no. I think that I happened. Think he, he cares about book. They've got he a does, real, he does. Right. real um, nice relationship going on. I think Mal like, kicked over at least one chair, though, off-screen. <laughs> I think he agrees to go to the Alliance cruiser, and then as he walks away, he kicks over everything he sees in frustration. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, with a few son-of-a-bitches mm-hmm. yeah. that he loves because to say. Because the show is kind of like, uh, it, there's, it has to follow the ratings of uh, television, so you can't really have curses other than in Chinese. But <laughs> there was a lot of that in this episode. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. this is one of the heaviest um, dialogue ways. There was a lot of the um, the Chinese. And then we get the first look at. So when the Alliance uh, crew come on and they're like, you know, we don't just take anybody. So Shepard gets his, his ID out and just straight away. Yeah. Get this man on the ship. So as you said, I mean, even at this time, we're assuming that he's got some kind of past relations with the Alliance and must be, you know, of a certain level, um, which kind of makes you worry that Mao's automatically going to kind of see him as an enemy. Um, But yeah, it's not the case. He's part of the crew and 
he seems to have the the crew's best interests in mind and not be affiliated with the alliance anymore so but he's welcome messed, on our ship how messed up is it though that before he, they saw the ident card they were like we're not going to we don't, we're not an emergency medical people uh yeah. we, they, they, i guess they don't have a hippocratic oath or anything that's kind of messed yeah, up yeah kind of similar i don't know like Oh, you've not got health insurance? Oh, then you can't have this life-saving treatment. Yeah. You know, it's like putting value on a on a life or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, you're not important enough for us to save your life, even though it'd, like, cost them nothing and they'd have him in and out in no time, probably, which they do. Um, showing us some of that ruthlessness of the Alliance. And then, yeah, going back to uh, River and Simon being kidnapped... Like, the whole thing, I'm just kind of like, oh, God, everything they've been through. <laughs> He's, like, rescued his sister, ended up on this ship. They've been through all this stuff already. And then they get to somewhere where, you know, oh, maybe they could stay somewhere like this and they'll be safe. And then, oh, no, at the first sign of, you know, she's got some kind of power or whatever. She must be a witch. I'm, I'm like, give give these guys a break. <laughs> they were so happy before that happened. There is this there is this thing about abduction in this episode. Uh and in general like um so so from what I've read in medieval Europe times there was this myth of fairy demons who would abduct healthy children and replace them with broken, ugly, defected children. Kind of like Indiana Jones replacing the golden idol with a rock. Um and I connected that here because I think it squares interestingly with River, who was kind of abducted as a healthy child and returned to Simon broken, to use her own words. Mm. And then River's connection with Mute Girl uh, in Kidnap Town is interesting because they were both healthy children who were abducted from normalcy by some kind of trauma. And returned to the society, which is hostile to them, either because of ignorance or because of, oh, they're a threat, that kind of thing. Mm. Yeah, I, that, I, that's all I have. Uh, it's inter- It was interesting to see River interact with another child who kind of is, was dealing with trauma. But then she also yeah. kind of exposes that that politician dude yeah <laughs> which is funny <laughs> because like he, yeah he's because he i think that guy knows that she's not a witch but yeah but he was kind of playing into the ignorance of the village um just to silence her because she knows the truth that's like all witchcraft stuff though isn't it it's like like if you watch like the crucible or whatever it's all just like you know, oh, that person did something that I didn't like. I'm going to accuse them of being a witch and get them killed. And once you get accused of being a witch, there's like, and you get the the frantic people involved in the town and they're all like, oh, she, yeah, they're a witch because they don't have minds of their own and they all just become this one entity. Then, and like what um, Simon says, this is, you know, your ignorance and your lunacy. Uh then yeah you're kind of you're boned you're gonna yeah you're gonna die even though you're not a witch um but yeah so as soon as he yeah hears her saying what is obviously true that he had killed the past like town leader um he's like oh she talks falsehoods (laughs) Mm. 
I think the so lady, no one in the town, the lady in the little hut who was like, "Thou shall not suffer a witch to live." I think she was genuinely ignorant and thought that River is a witch, but the politician yeah. dude was was more Machiavellian. He he, I don't think he was ignorant per se. He's covering he was just up using for ignorance to kind of yeah yeah. To he's using the townsfolk um, right, and in that way, he's a bit like. Uh, like a microcosm of the alliance because the alliance are also these authorities who are using their power to silence river because she's a threat to them so you'll see like this big like hierarchical oppressive tyrannical thing like the alliance is not unique it occurs naturally within human behavior that animalistic aspect of 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 us that we get from our genetic ancestors that is within us and anytime we achieve power there is a temptation to be to just give in to the to the corruption of it like like the ring that frodo has to wear but no one else can wear that kind of thing (laughs) and then we have the um you know, Simon puts up a really good fight and then, um, you know, sees that this is no no battle that he can win and basically mm-hmm. is like, well, I'm just going to come up here and die with my sister then because, yeah. you know. That's and a touching that's even moment. Like, yeah, it's a really, like, touching moment. He's he's prepared to die for her and, you know, if there's no way out, then he'll he'll go with her because he she is his life, right? She is everything to him. Yeah, and when River says it's time to go... Simon like closes his eyes in that moment. Yeah. And he's ready to go. And that's mm-hmm. the most that's the most hero thing a hero can do. That mm. makes Simon like an arch- archetypal hero, the willingness to sacrifice yourself for something other than yourself, something more important yeah. than yourself. That's what heroes do. And Simon is a hero uh, I don't know it, it's it's a he's a very compelling character on this ship where you would think Mal is the lead hero but he's the anti-hero Simon is the prototypical hero um, yeah and then I guess River would be the one who has the most bandwidth to evolve but it's funny that Simon is like a hero in this moment but the next thing is um, you know the ship with Jane uh, hanging out and then you oh, yeah. have Mal and Zoe coming around the corner and he's like, what are we? And she's like, big damn heroes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I didn't even think of that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and then uh, I love the whole, you know, she's a witch. He's, he's there to save her and they're like, yeah, but she's a witch. And he's like, yeah, but she's our witch. So it's funny to see how when you get societies or like the Alliance, like you were saying that, think they're this kind of like stand up um you know group of people and that they they are living in the right way um but can so quickly you know call someone a witch and get ready to burn them um to death and then you get the people coming in to save them who are the ones who are considered to be the criminals and the not very good people again it's that kind of like you know the big alliance and, you know, society in that. Just because it's the big presence doesn't mean that everything they're doing is is right. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I get what you're saying. And the alliance does kind of come in heroically as well, saving Book, in a sense. 
you see the small town people kind of as villains and the alliance kind of as heroes in a twisted in a twisted way yeah oh i was gonna say the next funny moments so when they're back on the ship and jane is like frantically returning all of their stuff <laughs> just as like simon comes up he's like oh oh hi you know <laughs> nothing to see here i didn't steal any of your shit like <laughs> also he's definitely you know scared of river you think and he's so? got no I think so at this whole point. He's scared of River because, like, she's crazy or whatever. And we haven't even got to the moment where, like, he should be scared of River, you know, when she actually, like, hurts him. <laughs> so it's, um, yeah, I think she's he's definitely a bit a bit scared of her just because she's, like, this unknown entity. Yeah, and then I guess that's kind of it for this episode. We've kind of already covered the wholesome ending, you know. Book says that the ship is home. The home is also, you know, for for Simon because he's part of the crew. And then we end on that lovely family dinner. And it's just, yeah, it's just really, it's a really nice episode for just um, everyone kind of, I think, fully coming together as as this one, one family. Yeah, and in the end, it really becomes a home. I think that's what this yeah. episode really, how the, how it moves the ball forward. Um, because I think, and maybe this is, um, I don't know, maybe this is just me, but this one and also Train Job were the two that I rewatched the least. I wasn't mm. the biggest fan of either of these. Um, but there, there's no bad episodes of Firefly. Like, they're all really, really good episodes. And this one makes it a home. So that's the valuable thing, uh serially to move forward and this is like one of the few episodes where it carries something from the previous one into this one i don't know what do, what do you think what do you think oh sorry i was just gonna ask like what do you think about this one uh in your in your ranking of all of them like how does this one uh compare again i guess like you it would be one of the ones that you don't like throw on to just rewatch because it's not it's not like one of the ones with like a really actiony story and like loads of stuff happening it's more i mean like you said it's important and it's a really nice episode but it's not like necessarily a top ranking one because i would just like for me my top ranking ones are more like the hard-hitting ones that i i would watch all the time um because they're are, even really funny yours? or because uh so like jamestown um our Mrs. Reynolds, like, because like, they're really funny and they're kind of really action and they're just, yeah, they're like really good. You can just throw them on any time and it's almost like watching a film, you know? It's just, you can just watch it and enjoy it. Did you have any favorite? Yeah, I'm partial to. I'm, oh, parts of this or just in general? Of this, of this episode. My favorite parts were the river dancing part and the. The, the meal at the end, I really liked that. Um, I liked how Simon uh, pulled the chair out for Kaylee and, and was a gentleman. Mm -hmm. And they all sat down and they were talking and they were laughing and they were eating. And uh, the frame was so warm, like um, visually, <laughs> color-wise. It felt warm and colorful and... Uh, uh, like detailed and wooden and and rustic and it had that feel of just like a home-cooked meal um from grandma uh in a, <laughs> in a rocking chair 
something like that. But you, but you know, in the back of your mind, you're like, well, <laughs> something seriously bad's got to happen the next time round because you can't end. You know, it's not going to stay this good forever because they're on on board uh, Serenity. Right. It just won't happen. Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, good fortune um, implies eventual bad fortune for sure. But I like, um, like, quote-wise, I feel like I've said most of like my funny quotes throughout the episode already. But for me, I love the kind of random uh, dialogue that doesn't doesn't even really necessarily need to be there and it's just random and it's funny because it's like wow I love that they wrote stuff like this in the script and take the time to put this in um you know like what's this it's a post holer and you get that weird look it's like for making holes for posts and it's just like bits like that I'm just kind of like you don't I feel like you don't get a lot of dialogue and a lot of just random things happening well they do bring that full circle when river is is tied to the to the post and about to be burned yes. to death and she's like it's a post a hole or something <laughs> she brings that full circle it, yeah it, i think maybe she can see into the future a little bit and so she has the she feels like okay we're gonna get out of this but in that moment of just peril to quip oh it's a postholer is is a <laughs> what it's a release of tension you don't expect yeah. to laugh in that moment yeah so i like how they throw in yeah random stuff like that that may mean stuff later on but uh yeah i just like random random stuff but um yeah so little moments like that so thank you for listening everybody and if you want to send letters you can do, do you can do that you can send them to fireflybits at gmail.com. That's fireflybits at gmail.com. So uh, the next episode, we'll be looking at our Mrs. Reynolds. Basically, the synopsis for that episode is after a party to celebrate a successful job, Mal wakes up to discover he is now married and that his wife has stowed away on board. That's, uh, yeah, great episode. Again, one of my favourites, I think. I haven't watched it for a very long time, so we'll see what I think after re-watching it. But uh, I did used to really like this episode. I think it's got really good dynamics between Mao and uh, Inara. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, thank you for listening. And uh, we'll see you next time on Firefly Back in the Skies. Bye. Cool.